Hi everyone, Greg here with another week of reviews on See It or Shove It. Each week I give you my opinion on the latest film releases, and if they're good, I'll advise you to go see it. And if they aren't good, well, then avoid it like the plague. So I'll have our usual round of reviews, and also this week I'm going to launch yet another new segment. But more on that later. Now, let's get started on this week's show. It wasn't a very busy week at the movies, but this week we have Jamie Lee Curtis coming face to mask with Michael Myers one last time in Halloween Ends, and Mila Kunis lives a tormented life in The Luckiest Girl Alive. First up is the allegedly final chapter of the latest entry in the classic horror series. This is Halloween Ends. I was certain that I saw him watching me. You pretend like you moved on, but you're actually just obsessed with death. What are you going to do when Michael comes back for you? Because he is coming. But this time, something feels different. He's more dangerous. The film opens on Halloween night 2019, where we meet Corey Cunningham, a young man who has been hired to babysit young Jeremy, a boy whose mother claims that he has been so scared of the thought of Michael Myers running around town that he can't sleep at night and has paralyzed him with fear. Well, once his parents leave for a party, Jeremy turns into the child from hell and becomes an obstinate prankster. He locks Corey in a closet and the prank ends tragically. Corey is then turned into the town pariah, as everyone thinks he murdered young Jeremy. Cut to three years later, where we find our queen of horror, Laurie Strode, played by the always great Jamie Lee Curtis. Laurie is writing her memoir and living in a new house with her granddaughter, Allison. We also see Corey working in his uncle's salvage yard. Corey is soon bullied by the town teens and is brought to the hospital by Laurie, where he meets Allison, who is a nurse there. Allison quickly falls for Corey, and the two begin dating. One night, Corey is again assaulted by the same kids and ends up being thrown off a bridge and rescued by, you guessed it, Michael Myers, who is now living in the sewers. Soon, Corey and Michael team up to torment the town. Can Laurie get it through to Allison that Corey is bad news before it's too late? I sadly give this movie a... Shove it. What a disappointment this film was. Did you notice how long it took me to mention Michael in my synopsis? Uh, That's because he didn't show up until almost 45 minutes in. In fact, Laurie was hardly in the first half either. I was, and still am, very perplexed as to why the screenwriters felt this would be the knockout finale this series deserved. And don't get me started on the marketing of it being a showdown between Michael and Laurie. That was about 10 minutes of the nearly two hours of the film, so there is a little bit of advertising fraud there, if I do say so myself. Yes, there were some clever callbacks to the original 1978 film, but overall, this one was a stinker. And it was so disappointing, because I loved the first Halloween a couple years ago, the 2018 version. That was terrific to get this trilogy started. But it just petered out with this one. 
The only thing worth watching for is to see how they finally get rid of Michael, as ludicrous as it is. If he comes back from this, that guy will never die. But then again, he did once get his head chopped off and came back, so you never know. Next, a woman tries to overcome her demons in order to move on with her life. This is Netflix's The Luckiest Girl Alive. How could you not tell me about this? I carried this horrible thing with me alone for years, and it has built up this rage inside of me. Honey, get out! Don't touch me! I don't know what's me. And what part I invented. Your former classmate has made claims against you. Don't talk about what happened that night. Are you seriously trying to threaten me right now? Mila Kunis plays Ani Finelli, a 38-year-old magazine editor who, by looking at her, lives a perfect life. She's engaged to be married to the handsome Luke, played by Finn Whitrock, has a successful career, and is heading in the right direction in life. Ani meets a documentary director who wants to make a short film about a school shooting that Ani survived in her youth. She initially declines. One night... She and Luke have dinner with a man who turns out to be Ani's former teacher, Andrew Larson, played by Scoot McNary, who also stars in last week's See It of the Week, Lyle Lyle Crocodile. This brings back a flood of memories for Ani, including a traumatizing gang rape at a party that sends a young Ani down a path of depression and destruction. Ani's past begins to haunt her, jeopardizing her future with Luke and in her professional life. I give this film a shove it. I didn't know what to expect with this movie. I thought it was going to be like Gone Girl or The Girl on the Train, and it had the potential to be very similar. It initially had me hooked for a bit. However, the entire thing started to fall apart little by little before I just wanted it to end. Kunis is a very talented actor and is really just a good role in a quality film away from reaching award status. I'm convinced that she was number six on the list for Best Supporting Actress in 2010's great thriller Black Swan, but she's not going to be getting any awards attention for this one. If you like mysteries, I would recommend watching Gone Girl or The Girl on a Train instead. Both are better films than this one. That's it for this week's featured films. There wasn't much out there to watch this week, but that's all going to change next week. Anyway, to recap, Halloween Ends is in theaters and streaming on Peacock and is a shove it. And Luckiest Girl Alive is streaming on Netflix now and is a shove it. Clearly, there is no pick of the week this week, as both of these films ought to be ashamed of themselves, quite honestly. And now it's time for my lightning round reviews of some additional movies in my segment called Quick Picks. Bromates, not to be confused with the recent release Bros, stars Lil Rel, Howry, Snoop Dogg, and Marla Gibbs and is in theaters now and is a huge shove-it. My god, it was terrible. And the documentary Facing Monsters tells about Australian surfer Kirby Brown and is gorgeously filmed. It is in theaters now and is a see-it. 
Watching Halloween ends and being so disappointed in it sparked an idea for a new segment. I remember seeing the trailer and being so excited for it, thinking it would be one of my favorite movie-going experiences of the year. Well, you already heard how that turned out. However, because I view See It or Shove It as a work in progress, why not turn lemons into lemonade with my new segment, Trailer Talk? In this segment, each week I will briefly discuss the trailer for an upcoming film and give my thoughts on it before making a prediction as to whether I think it's going to be a see it or a shove it when the film is released. And then when it is released, we'll go back and see what I thought. First up is the Whitney Houston biopic, I Want to Dance with Somebody. There's a boy, I know, he's the one I dream of. What's your name again? Whitney Elizabeth Houston. My dream, sing what I want to sing, be how I want to be. I say a prayer with every heartbeat. Scheduled to be released on December 21st, this film tells the story of the late great Whitney Houston, a woman who had a one-of-a-kind voice that few others could match. In the film, she's played by Naomi Ackie. The trailer seems to follow her journey from being discovered by record mogul Clive Davis, played by the great Stanley Tucci, and follows her to her blockbuster success on the charts and on screen with The Bodyguard. The trailer also shows a recreation of her famous Super Bowl performance of the National Anthem. So what are my thoughts? First of all, Naomi Aki is a capable actress, but for God's sake, she looks nothing like Whitney Houston. I look just as much like Whitney Houston as this woman does. Aki is a spitting image, however, of Angela Bassett, so maybe when it's Angela's time to have her story told, Naomi can play her. And it's not like they cast her for her voice, as she's clearly lip-syncing Houston's greatest hits. Which brings me to the part in the trailer where they are freaking out from hearing Houston's music on the radio. It's implied that it was for the first time, but they are playing How Will I Know when Houston's first solo single was You Give Good Love. I'm hoping that this is just a trailer mistake, but when the words from the writer of Bohemian Rhapsody appeared on the screen, my hopes are kind of dashed and are not that high, since that film also played fast and loose with the truth. Much like Whitney Houston, there was a very dark, tormented tale to tell in the life of Freddie Mercury, and that film was not it. I also fear that since this was sanctioned by her estate and her family, that this will be the sanitized version of Whitney Houston's life. You know, omitting her bisexuality, over-villainizing Bobby Brown, just glossing over the drug use that eventually killed her, etc., etc., you know, making her out to be an angel. However, I do look forward to seeing Ashton Sanders as Bobby Brown. Sanders was in one of my all-time favorite films and Best Picture winner, Moonlight, and he is incredibly talented. With that said, I go back to Aki. I said she looks more like Angela Bassett than Whitney Houston. Back in 1993, Angela Bassett received similar criticism when she was cast as Tina Turner in the phenomenal What's Love Got to Do With It, and she danced her way all the way to a well-deserved Oscar nomination. So, anything is possible. I could be surprised, but for now, 
I'm predicting, with the lack of resemblance and the association with the writer of Bohemian Rhapsody, this one is going to be a shove-it. I guess we'll find out in December. Now, let's move on to binge it or singe it. Five sisters unite to protect one of them from an abusive husband, and they go on a mission to kill him. This is Apple TV's Bad Sisters. She wasn't always like that. He's sucking the life out of her. Well, we'll just have to wait till he dies of cancer or something. Why not give nature a helping hand? We're <laughs> talking about taking a man's life. Not a man, but monster. I'm on a The show, created by and starring the great Sharon Horgan, opens after her brother-in-law, John Paul, has died under suspicious circumstances. Each sister has an eccentricity and, more importantly, a reason to be a suspect in the death of John Paul. When life insurance agents show up to investigate the death before paying out the policy, the girls go on a frantic and hilarious journey to cover up the crime, although they really don't know which one of them did it. The show alternates between timelines and shows how awful John Paul was to each of them, as well as attempt after attempt after attempt to kill him. Each murder attempt is an epic failure. This show, regardless of the heavy subject, is a hoot. Seeing each murder attempt go terribly wrong is so funny, and you can feel their frustration right along with them. At the same time, seeing John Paul degrade each of them, especially his wife Grace, played heartbreakingly by Anne-Marie Duff, you can't help but root for his death too, and be disappointed as he reappears each time, until that final attempt which works. And I'm not giving anything away by that, because the show opens with him being dead, so you know that something worked eventually. The series keeps you guessing right until the end, and the performances are all great, especially Horgan, Duff, and the suave Daryl McCormick, who was seen earlier this year in Good Luck to You, Leo Grand. This is definitely a binge-it, It was only intended as a limited series, and I don't know how they would continue with another season, as everything was pretty wrapped up. But I put nothing past Sharon Horgan, and I'd sure like to see some more stories told about this family. As always, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to listen. I'm very grateful. Support your local theaters by going to see some of the movies I reviewed this month. And while you're at it, share my podcast with your movie and TV-loving friends and family in person and on social media. I appreciate all of your support. Come back next week for a huge week in movies, including Dwayne Johnson as Black Adam, Julia Roberts and George Clooney get a ticket to paradise, and the heartbreaking, infuriating story, Till. Follow me on Instagram at BrewstersDad73 and rate me wherever you get your podcast. I'll catch you next time. Have a great week, everyone. This episode of See It or Shove It was recorded in Orlando, Florida, and is produced by Gregory G. Productions. Music by Mysterio Music. All rights reserved.